Welcome to Shit Show of My 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm so glad you're here. I'm a 20-year-old from LA, and I started this podcast back in April after getting furloughed from my job for 10 weeks. I realized during those 10 weeks, I could do absolutely nothing and sit on the couch and eat ice cream, or I could do one of the projects I've been wanting to do but have been pushing off for the longest time. I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while, but I've been pushing it off, pushing it off till when I felt ready, when I felt good enough, when I felt like my story was good enough or when I felt comfortable in front of a camera or, or talking to people. And I realized that that moment was really truly never going to come. I was never going to feel ready enough. I was never going to feel good enough and that I just had to create that experience and just step out there. And I just recorded and I recorded before I was ready. I recorded before I felt comfortable. And I remember the first interview shaking before and then the feeling afterwards after having the conversation with her. And I realized how much of these stories I built up in my head about how it was going to be or how I wasn't prepared or whatever. And when I was just present in that interview, I learned so much and I realized I want to do this again. So I did it again and again. And since April, I've interviewed over 90 people, heard so many incredible stories about love, heartbreak, career, success, so many good things. And if there's something that I hope that you guys get from this podcast, it's that you're never going to feel ready and that if it excites you and it kind of scares you at the same time, maybe you should do it. Maybe you should try it and see what happens. So I would love if you guys could help share this podcast, share it with someone you think will love it, and leave a review. So that's pretty much it. Today's guest is Ashley. I love chatting with her. She's a writing coach, and it's so cool how she helps people just own their story, get clear, and write the book that they've always been wanting to write. Like, it's so incredible all the work she's doing. We talk about forgiveness and how she made amends with her dad, tips for writing a book. We talk about self-publishing. And then we go into, like, the limiting beliefs around writing, around, like, am I a writer? Can I write? Is my writing good enough? All of that. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to know about your story. How did you get to the place you're at right now? You know, when I was in high school, I remember graduating and having no clue what I was going to do. I had no idea what I wanted. And I saw all my friends just getting, preparing for university, preparing for college, applying. And I had no idea what I was going to do. So I made that choice that I wasn't going to go to college or university right away. I wasn't going to waste thousands of dollars into something that I just I had no idea and but I was confident that I would find it you know so I decided to take a year off and it was in that year off that I figured out what I wanted to do and one thing that was very constant throughout my life was that I loved helping people I didn't know what that was going to be or what that was going to look like but I just knew that I loved just being a support for people someone that people could confide in and listen to so I thought maybe social work. So I went into social service work and I thought that my path was going to be working with children and youth and slowly realized that that was not the case, but it was in, um, you know, it, when I was in college and going through the social work program, it was incredible. And I just learned 
so much about myself. It was such a reflective program. Like you're doing essays about yourself over and over and over again. And it was through there that I eventually was introduced into network marketing. And the thing about network marketing was I was introduced to a whole scope of people that were just into personal development. And that's where I was introduced into personal development, personal growth, simple things like vision boards and like dreaming big. I just, I never thought about it. I wasn't surrounded by any of that growing up. And one of the biggest struggles that I had throughout high school and a little bit of college was just, I had no confidence. I had no ounce of confidence in who I was and what I was capable of. And it, it was such a big struggle. Like I remember going to the mall and leaving the mall crying my eyes out because I just, I I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel beautiful. I hated my body, all of these things. And, you know, being surrounded by personal development personal growth, I started going on this journey and reading books. And that was kind of like the starting point. And what, when I was introduced to personal development and personal growth, that's where I could see things starting to change in my life. And how did you get into writing? Have you always been like a writer? Yeah. So writing was always like diaries. I just always used writing as my outlet. And because I, I felt like this goes hand in hand with me not having confidence, but I just, I was very shy in the aspect that I couldn't speak my truth. I couldn't really speak anything that was going on in my life, any emotions, any feelings. I was silent and I would bottle everything up. And I, because of that, I mean, I don't know if you're into like the chakras and stuff like that. I'm not like super like woo woo, but I knew that I was actually getting, a, I learned later that I would get so many sore throats because I was bottling up everything. So whenever I was in an argument with someone, they could be yapping away and I was just silent and having a conversation in my brain of all the things that I wanted to say and it would never come out. So my outlet was writing. And by no means was I like the best writer, but it was just the way that I could express myself. And how often do you write? So I would say that a lot of the times I I don't write as often as I used to. And I mean, I think that just life gets in the back, it gets in the way, but it's something that I'm always making notes on my phone. I'm always writing down things that come up or, and I feel like we just find our different ways of processing for me writing was my outlet to express myself because I didn't know how to, but because I found my voice and be, and part of that was through speaking and just through, you know, even just jumping on social media, you know, just jumping on and recording a video and posting it. I found a different outlet and a different way to express myself. So it's almost like replacing the writing a little bit. And what inspired you to write your book? Oof, being unhappy and, wanting so bad because I had gone on this journey, which was so intentional. Like I was so intentional about wanting to heal from my past. Like the way I describe it is that it was almost like I had this checklist of all the things that just felt like they were unsettled or unfinished in my life. And I wanted to, I just wanted to check it off and say, I'm good. I'm, I don't have any emotions. I don't feel anything towards that anymore. And I could just move on. And it was this checklist that I went through. So like past relationships, the biggest was like my relationship with my dad because he wasn't really around when I was younger and 
going through all of this, I just, I learned so much and I grew so much. And it's, it's strange to say, you know, someone who's 20, 21, who's consciously doing this, consciously like healing themselves and going back in the past and essentially making amends with their past is a, a lot of the times people don't do that, especially at such a young age. But it was something that I just felt so called to do. And I came to a point where I was, I could finally be happy. I felt happy. I could feel the difference. And I wanted so bad for other people to experience that. You know, I wanted people who felt unhappy, just like I did for so long to not feel unhappy anymore. And to see that, you know, what essentially was possible. And I said, if one person could read my book and take something, then fantastic, fantastic. But now it's been, you know, hundreds and I just can't, you don't expect it right? You don't expect it. But I'm, I'm so glad that I wrote that book three years ago. And how did you make amends with your dad? I actually wrote him a letter. So I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to start that conversation. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to put all this energy and everything that I'm feeling and everything that I want to say, and I'm just going to write it down. And this probably wasn't the best, but I gave him a letter on Father's Day. Um, and I didn't hear anything for a long time, for a long time. And that built up even more frustration and anger. And I just, I didn't understand. I didn't understand here I am pouring my heart out and I'm getting nothing back. And it was hard for me to kind of let go of, but I came to a place, you know, a few years later. And I remember we ended up going for a drive to like by the water and we just parked and it was just talking about everything but in that moment and going into that conversation that I knew we were going to have I was ready to forgive him for everything and just completely let go that was the problem I wasn't and I don't say problem in a bad way but I just mean that that was the the thing that I was lacking was that I you know we we always say forgive and but don't forget and I think that saying is incredibly like bullshit because in order to really forgive and in order for us to actually move on and to not feel weight from things that we keep holding on to, we have to let go. We have to forget. And I wanted more than anything, my dad to have a relationship with my dad. And so I was going into that conversation, just ready. I was ready to let it go and say, I'm done clean slate. Let's move forward. And do you think writing that letter really helped you forgive him and just like getting it all out on paper? Yeah, it's such a good release. It's such a good release. And what I learned, so I, I can't remember like timeline wise, I can't remember when I did that. But later on, I remember going to it was some kind of course and just realizing the the difference between like oftentimes we don't really take responsibility. We don't really take responsibility for our actions. And I feel like I probably could have written that letter even better because it, for me, I think it was more coming from a place of hurt. Whereas, you know, oftentimes we, we do that. We come from a place of hurt and it doesn't really get us anywhere. And so just shifting that, you know, writing, I probably could have rewritten that letter and just came from more of a place of just ownership and responsibility. And it's just a place that we don't really come from, but absolutely. I, I always say, write a letter, Write a letter to someone. If you don't want to send it, don't send it. Rip it up, burn it, 
but get that, get it out because it physically staying in your body, it's, it just weighs on you. And it, that's where I feel like we just build up all these, like, like for me, it was sore throats, but for other people that physically getting sick, sick, because they're just hanging on to so much. And it's just, it's exhausting. Even just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. And what inspired you to coach others on how to write a book? I think it was a very natural transition. I'm a big believer that every single piece, like every experience that we experience is a piece to our puzzle. So everything that I had did, everything that you've done up until this day, it's all a big piece, a, a piece to the bigger puzzle. And the reason that I say that is because I decide I was speaking. That was where at first I was speaking. And then I decided to write the book. Sometimes people do it the other way around. And then from writing the book, I, an opportunity came up for me to turn my book into an online experience or an online course, let's say. And from there, as I was going through that process, a lot of people started asking me, well, how did you do it? How did you write a book? And I just became, I got so passionate about telling people and, and I was so blown away that, and I understand, like I, I published a book when I was 24, like it's a very young age. I understand that. And there's a lot of people that I was talking to who had been wanting to do that for years and just never did it. And it was that thing that just, it almost broke my heart because I just couldn't believe that people were just getting in their way so much that it's stopping them from doing that. And I said, if I could just be a catalyst or be that person to show up for people to help them through that process, I'll do it gladly because, and it makes, I'm so happy about it because, you know, even for myself, when I wrote my book, a, it was so healing, but it was just a full own your story moment, you know? So when you really tell your story and when you really write it down, it's healing and it's, there's no way that you won't come to a place at the end to say, wow. And just a moment of pride and celebration for yourself, which we don't do enough. And writing your book, is there anything you would have done differently if you can rewrite your first book? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. When I wrote my book, I was at the time building a business for what I thought was going to be for youth and, and teens And I was building that with a friend of mine and I thought that my book was going to be for them. And so I think language wise, I would have been able to really change that. Sometimes I actually think about just kind of rewriting it and using the same concepts and just making that first one for the young crowd and then another one for the older crowd. But it was, it was after I published it that I realized that my book wasn't really meant for the younger age because it was just, I don't know. They're not really thinking about the, the concepts like forgiveness at such a young age. It was more for an older crowd. And so I would have definitely done that differently. I would have spent more time planning. I didn't really plan. It was like, what stories do I want to include? Okay, let's start writing. And that was it. Right. But now I've learned even through just building up like the concepts and what you go through when you build a business, it applies to if you want to write a book. You got to spend some time figuring out who is your audience. And I didn't do any of that. So it's one of the things that I've learned for myself and now do that with my clients. And how do you help your clients really own their story? You know, it's, it's through that entire process. It's not, I wouldn't say that there's one thing that I do personally 
to help them get to that point where yes, they can own their story. It's that it's naturally happening as they write their story because they're, they're telling their personal experiences and along the way they're seeing how far they've come. And in that, and in speaking your truth, I feel like it's just, you know, it's a way that we can easily just fully embrace and we work unapologetically ourselves. And when we can get to that place and we can tell our story naturally, it happens where we just, we can fully stand in it and we can fully say, I am who I am. And I, I love that about me. And so there's not one thing that I would say that I do. I think if anything, it's just the fact that I'm holding space for them to, to write and to write their story and to pull their stories out of them when they struggle because we can get in our own way and we can say that we have writer's block, but I don't really believe too much in writer's block because if we're writing about our stories, you have the story up here. A lot of the times it's just fear getting in our way. So I think just really holding space for people to, and, and things, and the thing is too, sometimes we have to relive those moments that were difficult. We have to relive them. And it's just about holding space, holding space for people to relive that and to allow them to, if there's emotions that come up, hold space. And when you're brainstorming for a book, should you go through like every chapter and say like in this chapter, I want this and this and this chapter, I want this and this, like how far should you break it down? Yeah, I, I definitely think there's so much value in being able to work backwards is what I always say. So working from, you know, oftentimes people when, um, and we were talking about it too, right? Like oftentimes we already come in with an idea for our book. So there, that idea is often done, you know, whether it's your story or you have an idea for, if you want to write a book about your business or whatever it is aligning with your business, you have the idea. And it's just a matter of like working backwards. And I always say, and start with what are three to five takeaways? What are three to five takeaways that you want people to take from your book? What's the core message? From there, we can figure out and work backwards. Well, if this is the takeaway that I want, how do I get my reader to this takeaway? How do I make sure that they get this takeaway? And that's why it is important to outline. I, I really do say outline fully the chapters, but the thing is things can change along the way, which is fine, but at least you have direction and Actually, one of my one of my clients, she fought with me for a long time. She was like, I don't understand this outline. Well, I don't understand. But she never got any anywhere. She was she couldn't she didn't even know where to start. And then one day she was just writing things down. She's like, I can do this. I can do this. I can write this. And then that was her outline. And she was like, this outline changed my life. <laughs> so I was like, it can. And sometimes we think, especially when we're telling a book about our stories, we think about a timeline, like, okay, 20 years old and 21, like what was happening in this timeline of events, but it doesn't have to be that way. It can just be chapters, chapters from your life. And even that too made a difference for her, for her, because she didn't have to think about a timeline. She just thought really significant moments, those significant moments that have really made an impact end up becoming a chapter in the book. So, yeah. And are there any clients that you really help them with their story and any stories that really like stand out that you want to share from them? Oh, that's so tough. There's all really 
oh, there's so many good stories that, especially like all the clients that I'm working with, like, you know, the client that just finished her manuscript, she just, she's really gone on her own journey of being able to really speak her truth. She was, you know, she struggled with alcohol abuse at a young age and just seeing the way and learning from her. And that's what I love so much. I think from reading all of their stories as they're writing is I get to take pieces away from their books. So yeah, like it's, it's so difficult to say because everyone has, everyone's story is just, is so important. Everyone's story matters, you know, and we could, you know, even for my client that, that I was just mentioning, we have similar experiences, struggling with speaking our truth, forgiveness, but the way she's gone about it is completely different from how I've gone about it. And the way she tells it is so different from the way I tell it. And that's why I always say that you're everyone's story, no matter if it's similar to somebody else, it matters because no one's done it like you. No one's overcome anything like you. And that's why we have to share it. And how can writing a book really help you build your brand and your business? I can use myself as an example, but you know, when I, after I wrote my book, a lot of the times when I went to speaking engagements, I didn't have to say much because once people, people introduce you completely different when they say, they'll automatically say, Oh, they're an author. It's just, it's not a common, it's not as common. And so, and people, you know, when you write a book, it automatically gives you this different level of authority and credibility for yourself. And, and that was the one thing that I noticed that I picked up on that everyone would introduce me differently when they said that I was an author and opportunities, opportunities opened up so much more in terms of speaking. And that was the biggest thing was that just getting more speaking opportunities and being able to really, you know, get my book into a lot more people's hands. And with writing a book, it is about that reach. It's about that possibility of reaching more people. Like just think about going somewhere to an event and you're up on stage and you tell people that you've written a book and you're speaking and they just really resonate with it. A lot of the times people are going to go and buy that book or they're going to come up to you and ask you, how can they get a copy? And then they get to be, you know, you get to go home with them. You're in their back pocket with this book. And then if you do have a business, if you're doing like, let's say if you're a coach or if you are a speaker, well, they may, if they need, if they really resonate with whatever it is that is inside your book, they're going to ask, how can they work with you? And this is how it really starts to build the brand and build, if you have coaching, build the business. And it's just that opportunity to give, you know, allow people to be taken home with you. And if you're a speaker, well, who knows, they may know someone that has a connection with someone and they share the book and say, Hey, you would really like this. This would be really great. Well, you just made another connection. It's just, it's the reach that is, it's unexpected. It is unexpected. The opportunities that come up from, from your book. And self-publishing versus working with the publisher, which ones you recommend? And maybe like, if you're self-publishing, any tips you have for that? Yeah. So self-publishing, I'm a big advocate, I guess you could say for, for self-publishing. And it's simply because when you do self-publish, you have all the creative freedom. You don't have to worry about someone, you know, changing your voice or saying, no, you should actually do this instead of that. And you have all of that creative freedom and that creative power. And you do, no matter what, 
as an author, you're going to do a lot of the marketing, especially for ind independent authors. And that's, I'm not speaking to about anyone who is known like the Tony Robbins, the Marie Forleo's like, that's just different. People know who they are. So for independent authors, we have to market ourselves. We have to, you know, we're really doing the legwork to get our message and awareness about our brand out there. So I'm a big advocate that we should be receiving and reaping hundred percent of the rewards. Whereas if you go with the traditional publishing route, you're, you know, there is that portion of like royalties and some of the royalties go back to the publisher. But if you are doing a lot of the work, you should be reaping a lot of the rewards. And so with self-publishing, I remember this is the, the reason that I didn't initially go down the route of self-publishing when I published my book, because it's overwhelming. There's so much information out there and you're like, I, I don't even know where to start. That is probably the number one question that I hear. I want to write a book. What do I do? Or I want to self-publish. What do I do? People don't know. There's so much information. And so the, you know, the, it's hard for me to like, just break it down. And I do have, I do have lots of uh, like, even a Facebook group. And I always go through all these different pieces of like self-publishing and writing and all that fun stuff. But to break it down simply, after you've written your manuscript, it goes to an editor. You get someone to professionally edit it. Once that's done, you go to a graphic designer. Once that's done, you think about where do I want to post my book? So do you want to do it through your own website or Amazon? It's just Amazon's become a very go-to platform and it's very easy to upload onto Amazon. So I always, I teach my clients how to do Amazon. There's other places like Ingram Spark, Ingram Spark and Amazon are kind of like the uh, comparison. Like they, they're the competition towards each other. But the beauty is, is if you upload on Amazon or Ingram Spark, they have a print on demand service. So you're not worrying that you have to purchase so many copies of your book and you don't have to do all of that. They print the book and they ship it directly to the person. So that's like the simple terms of the steps to self-publishing and then also creating a marketing plan. So that means like reaching out to podcasts, getting on podcasts, doing interviews, so many different ways that you can, you can market, but that would be like to just break things down into chunks. And what advice would you give someone who's like struggling with the limiting belief of I'm not a writer. My writing's not that good. I got C's and D's in like middle school or whatever, and I can never write. What would you say to that yeah. person? Oh my gosh. The, I had that exact same thing, like limiting belief because I, that's what I did. Like English was my worst subject, which is my first language. And it was my worst subject in high school. I was getting C's and I was like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> What's happening here? And honestly, I, I say throw out everything that you thought you knew about writing when it comes to you writing a book, especially about your story, because you have creative freedom. You have all this creative freedom and it's not going to be marked it's nobody's putting this grade on it. And, and that's what I think was the biggest freeing aspect was that there are no rules. I don't have to worry about, Oh, like I, I just remember these like, you know, sentence structures and you never start a sentence with because and, 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 but, and just these random little things, but you have all creative freedom when you are writing your story because it's your story. It's your story. 
you get to write it however you want. You're the author of it. And so I, I feel like that is the number one thing that can really eliminate or diminish that belief that I'm not a good writer. Practice. Practice with anything. If we don't practice, if we don't put ourselves out there, we're never going to get better. Practice, practice, practice. So maybe, yeah, I even say my first round in my book now, today, three years later, could be so much better. I could have written it so much better. The first may not always be the best and that's okay, but you're never going to know until you actually put yourself out there. And that's, we just get so caught up in all of these limiting beliefs and we never take action. But a lot of time, if you're running a business and you're on social media, you're writing captions. That's like your practice. There's so many different ways that you can look at it. My practice was more so with my speeches because I was that type of person that I really liked to write out my speech beforehand. So that was my way of writing. I just constantly writing. What was the first time that you spoke on a stage? Did you have any fear before it or have you always been like a speaker too? Oh my gosh. And what was your first speech okay. about too? <laughs> okay. So aside from, so when I did jump into network marketing, I like sometimes would do presentations and things like that. But aside from that, my first time really stepping on a stage was five years ago, actually five years ago, 2015. And it was a, an amateur public speaking competition. And I prepared like three months, my speech in advance. And I would just rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it. And at first my, when I was thinking about what am I going to talk about? It was so surface level. It was like, here is my dream. Here is my dream to help people. And I was like, this is not cutting it. This is just boring. Nobody cares. And then I was like, what, what else could I do? What could be, where can I go a little bit deeper? And for me, it was my story about struggling with confidence. And I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to share it no matter. I know this is super vulnerable, but I'm going to share it. And so I did. And I can still put myself in my body on that stage till this day. And I remember I stood in one spot I didn't even move because my knees were shaking. My legs were shaking. I remember getting there that night for, and we had no idea what the order was going to be. And there was, I think probably like 15 speakers or something along the, it was a big number of, of speakers. And they said that I was going first because my name started with a, and I was even more petrified. And I was like, this is not happening. This is not happening. But yeah, that was the night that I, fell in love with public speaking and I didn't really expect anything to come from it. I ended up placing third in that competition, which I just thought was so unexpected, but it was just, it was through speaking. And because I decided to do that more often and continue to speak after that, I felt like I really found my voice through speaking, which it sounds so weird, but it was just the place that I, I felt like I could make an impact. I could help people but I was petrified. And uh, a few years ago, I, I remember going to my old high school and I gave my English teacher a copy of my book. And he's the first thing he said to me, and he was my first teacher on day of grade nine. I was walking in. He was my first teacher, first period. And he goes, how did you end up becoming a speaker? Because you were the shyest girl in this room. 
And till this day, I'm like, I still don't know what happened. I don't know. But I think, you know, the biggest thing is, and it's, it's one of those things where we think about how do we, how do we go from that shift? How do we make that change? And, you know, we have a choice to operate from a place of fear, or we have a choice to operate from a place of love. And when we operate from fear, really, that's just our ego. You know, we're thinking, we're so focused on ourselves. What are people going to think about me? What are people going to say? But whenever it came down to me saying yes to speaking and getting on stage, I always said, and I always told myself, speak from your heart and do it from a place of love because I'm thinking about the other, I'm thinking about the people in the audience and I put myself aside. And that's how, even till this day, whenever I'm scared, whenever I'm afraid to do something, I I put myself aside and I, I say, I have to do this from a place of love for somebody else. And that just kind of diminishes that, that fear because I'm not thinking about myself anymore. And struggling with confidence when you were younger, what helped you with that? A big part of that was partially because I was, I struggled so much because I was so fixated on what I was looking at in the mirror. And I, I was just, I was so fixated on it. I was so fixated on picking on these little things, you know, like my legs and just these little things and coming to a place. I honestly asked myself, Aside from what I see in the mirror, who am I? Who am I as a, as a human being? And when I started to look at characteristics, values, I kind of said, well, like, I kind of, that's a pretty amazing person. If you think about the, like, if you just pay attention to who you are instead of what you see in the mirror, that kind of created a little bit of a shift. But what really made, I think, even more of an impact was, when I found more so of purpose and I know, you know, purpose can be super overused and sound so cliche, but when I just found like a bigger meaning to my life than just, Oh my God, I don't like the way I look in the mirror. It again, it put me from looking at myself and looking at, well, what am I going to do in this world? Like, am I going to spend all my time fixated on things that I don't like about myself Or should I put that same amount of energy into doing what I love, doing something that brings me fulfillment? And so it was more of the aspect of who am I? What is my place in this world? And answering those questions that gave me this this confidence. And I feel like confidence really is power. You know, I, I know like the saying is knowledge is power, but confidence is power too. Because when you just, when you feel a little ounce of confidence, you have like an extra like pep in your step and you just feel, you feel excited to, to do things that challenge you because you feel more confident in yourself. But we're, we're so fixated on these little things that we really should be looking at who we are as human beings, as, as individuals and looking at like, what are you going to do in this world? What, what are you going to leave behind? And just acting on that. You know, the more action that you take, and sometimes that can look a lot like imperfect action, but by you staying stagnant and still and just not doing anything and allowing yourself to be paralyzed by fear and paralyzed by all the limiting beliefs and the negative self-talk that you have, you're going to stay stuck forever. But for me, it was like, it was almost like 
when I did that very first competition, I wasn't fully confident in, I didn't even think that I was going to win anything, but I still took action. It was like, take that action. Even if you're not fully confident yet, still take the action, still put yourself outside of your comfort zone, still challenge yourself. And the more action that I took, the more I felt more confident because I wasn't staying still. I wasn't allowing myself to get caught up in the space of our, you know, our negative self-talk. And what is something that you're learning right now? Mm, My mantra this year has been, we all start somewhere. And for me, I think the, um, one of the things that I struggled with, and I don't know if you've ever felt this, but like, just feeling like you have to know everything before you start something. I need to know all of it. I need to make sure that I know every little piece just in case somebody asks me this, what if I don't know the answer? And I felt like I needed to have all of those answered. I needed to know everything about publishing before I stepped into book coaching. And for me, I look up to, you know, just people like Marie Forleo or Tony Robbins or whoever it is that is your influence. And I just think about, they had to start somewhere. They had to, they didn't know everything when they started. And it just reminds me that we all start somewhere. So it's something that I keep reminding myself every single day that we all start somewhere. So I'm always learning new things about, you know, even just like how to tell your story and just like in the, in the business and the industry that I'm in, I'm just always open and always learning new things. Always never stops. And what is something lighting you up right now? My clients. I know that sounds so, I feel like I keep talking about them, but it's just like, it's, it's seeing people really get out of their own way, you know, and then, and just seeing people just going through those things that they never thought they, they, a lot of times people are like, I never thought I was going to get this done. And just seeing the way they're unfolding. And what I love too, especially about that, the one client that I was mentioning earlier is that she's just like, she's fully embracing this journey of like really stepping into her power and it shows as she's writing the book, but it, it's a ripple effect in all the other areas of her life. So even in her business and the way she's showing up, she's just really standing in her power. And I think that's just another beauty in writing your book and writing your story, but it's just, it's my clients. And I think even just thinking about like 2021 and just planning for how many more authors that I'll be able to support and help and get their stories out there. And what is something that most people don't know about you? Oh, hmm. that's a hard one for someone who is literally an open book. Hmm. One of the things that not many people know about me, you know, when you, whenever you go to those, um, those, whenever you have those icebreakers and people like share an interesting fact about you, mine has always been that I used to be a BMX racer. So, and I used to also coach kids that had developmental delays and special needs, BMX as well. That's something that not a lot of people know. (laughs) My previous life. What is something you're calling in right now? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I am stumped on that. What am I calling in? 
I think I'm calling in more people. The first thing that comes to mind is just more people who want to openly, bravely, courageously tell their story and just calling in more opportunities to get in front of people, to help people and spread that message that our stories matter and our stories can make a difference in people's lives. And the more that I can just kind of like sprinkle that, I think that's our way of really making a difference and making an impact. And what advice would you give someone who wants to make money for speaking on stages? First off, that's going to require lots of free speaking gigs. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I, okay. What was my, my first speaking engagement that was paid was probably like three or four, three or four years of me yeah, three years, I would say, of me speaking for free. And it was just, you know, I feel like you you find that one person who really believes in what it is that you stand for, and it really resonates, and they see that value, and they want to charge, they, they want to pay for, for what it is that you bring to the table. But it does require a lot of just free. And to be honest, as I'm thinking about it, I mean, of course, it'd be great to get paid, but there's there's so much more that can happen just even, you know, speaking for free, you know, because again, if you have something else lined up, that's where there's real power and there's real, like to see that financial reward from it is if you have some kind of business and something to funnel people and lead people to afterwards. But it's one of those things where it's a matter of continuously putting yourself out there. And the more opportunity, I remember listening and hearing this somewhere, the more you speak, the more you speak. And that really shifted my perspective because the more that you're not getting yourself in front of opportunities to speak, the less chances you have of someone saying, actually, you know what, I need you to come and speak to here, or I need to connect you with this person. It's those connections and those building blocks. Again, every piece to the puzzle. So the more that you speak, the more opportunity you're going to have to speak. And it's I also finding those right platforms too. Finding like for me, surprisingly enough, the, the place that paid me was a nonprofit organization because oftentimes they actually still, yes, people think, oh, they don't have money. Yeah, that can be true sometimes, but sometimes they do have grants and they have funds and they're looking for people. Sometimes they actually do have money to spend. So it's almost like don't discredit, don't discredit the the places that you would think that don't have the funds, like a nonprofit organization. That was the that was the organization that paid me and making those connections, but don't discredit the the nonprofit organizations because sometimes they actually do have money to spend on specific things. And they need to hire someone to to come in and do that. And earlier when we were talking, you said that you made a list of like 27 things that you've learned in 27 years. If you can share a couple of your favorites or any ones you feel called to share. Mm. Okay. A big thing that really changed my life was you create your reality. So like, I remember reading this book, The Four Agreements, and it was one that just completely shifted my world, changed my life. And with that, I also learned not to take things personally and just really um, elevated the way that, you know, you, you show up, you know, that you 
tomorrow you can create from the day from the moment you wake up the day that you want to have you know it talks about in the book we can create our heaven or we can create our hell so at any given moment and i think about it reminds me of like visualization when people talk about visualization or using your imagination those go hand in hand and i didn't realize the power that we have to create these things in our in our head but we're always so focused on what if this goes wrong and we're almost focused on like the bad that can come from things instead of what's the good that can actually come and so we're kind of programmed to like talk about and create our hell but we could be shifting shifting that and and talking about our heaven and not taking things personally i have worked in customer service for ages and for me taking things it's so easy to take things personally and you know when you are on the call with someone someone calls you and they're just yelling at you and it's so easy for us to get rattled up and just like you know, we we start over talking them. We start interrupting instead of just be silent. Let that person just like get what they need to get out. And we just, we always think that things are about us. We think that it's a personal attack on who we are, but we don't even know that person. It's not about us. Not everything is about us. And it was just something that really changed my life. So whenever, even when someone does something to you and we take things personally and we react and Oftentimes it's not about us. If someone says something to us, it's not about us. It's just like whatever is going on in their life. So those are two things that really, um, that really changed my life. And another one, there's a few that I've already talked about, but one day is not a day of the week. That is a little phrase that I like to go by. One day is not, have you said one day I'm going to do this? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast, maybe. I know I did. One day, that was for me, it was like, one day I'm going to go and volunteer abroad. One day. Because I thought I needed to be older at a certain age in order to do that. And for me, like the way I learned, you know, life is short. And this, I know it could sound and be in a way that we look at it where it's, how do I say it? it? It can sound, you know, when you're thinking, oh, life is short. It can sound harsh and it could sound very like, terrifying but I use it in a way to propel me to move like to do things you know like one day is not the day of the week I always wanted to go and volunteer abroad and in 2015 grandmother passed away and it happened so fast and so sudden and I remember when it happened thinking wow like we just we never know what tomorrow is going to bring and it just really puts your life into perspective and three months to the day I was on a plane to Nicaragua to go and volunteer abroad. And I said, I'm never saying one day ever again. And whenever I hear someone say one day, I'm like, why not today? Why not right now? We, we just, we don't know. We don't know what, and I know it sounds crazy to say, well, what if tomorrow we, but what next year? Like we don't know. So why are we waiting? Why wait? Yeah. I think those are a few of the few of my favorite ones. Yeah. And if you can go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I think one of the biggest things is just that I would say to my 20 year old self is that 
one day you're going to really make an impact in this world and to know and to trust that and to trust that everything that you have gone through is for a reason and there's a purpose to it. It, it is a piece to that puzzle, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know that when I was obviously when you're in, you know, you're in your twenties, you're not even thinking about that. You just feel like sometimes you feel like life sucks and why is this happening to me? And that was me for a long time. But instead of playing that victim, just knowing that this is all a part of a bigger picture, if you allow it to be. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having this space to do this. Where can people connect with you? Uh, So I am on Instagram mainly. Um, My business platform is the studio press. Uh, My personal is ashleyann.me and that's my website as well. It's ashleyann.me. And yeah, I mean, Hey, if you ever feel like you want to tell your story, you want to write a book, I can help you through that. (laughs) You know, and just, just always remember that like your, your story and whatever it is right now, like it matters and it, it really can make a difference in someone's life and to just find that courage, come from a place of love and really just tell your story. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes, please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.